only going to be two or three of us. I thought we were really going to have to sing, but we got a, we got a choir out there now. We got a quorum. So I'm glad to see everybody here. I hope you've had a great week. Um, I hope you came prepared to worship and to hear God's word because that's why we're here. We come to fellowship together, to encourage each other, to hear how our week is going, and uh, to find out things about each other that we can pray for each other. Uh, so if you'd stand with me as we get ready to start our, our worship service, we'll start in prayer, and I ask you to, if you can, stand and we'll do that. Father, we do praise you for this morning. Uh, for every day, it's a brand new day. You say that we're not promised tomorrow and we can't do anything about yesterday, but this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for life that we have, for we studied this Wednesday, all the spiritual blessings we have in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm abundantly lavished on us just because you love us, because of your grace and mercy. I pray as we worship this morning that you would accept our voices, our words, our songs, and your word as it's taught as a offering, a sacrifice of praise to you that you alone are worthy for. So use everything in this service to... Exalt Jesus Christ, we ask it in his name. Amen. So we're going to start out with a a great hymn that is um, about the sweetest name we know. Anybody got a guess on that one? (laughs) Jesus, that's right. (laughs) That was a rhetorical question. Everybody knows the answer to that. And uh, the fact that we have Jesus in our hearts puts a melody there. And that's the way this this song starts. There's within my heart. A melody. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers with our Lord. Here I am with me, peace be still. In all of us and flow Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Sweetest name I know Fills my every morning Keeps me singing as I go All my life is wrecked by sin and stone This could fill my heart with faith Jesus wept across the lowest streets, stood the slumbering courts again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Does my every longing keeps me singing as I go? Feasting on the riches of His grace. Blessing with his sheltering wings, always looking on his smiling face. That is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. 
Christ tries to reach the waters deep. Trials pull us away. Though sometimes the past seems rough and steep, see His footprints all the way. Jesus, 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 Spirit is through Fills my happy morning, keeps me singing as I go. Soon he's coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry skies. I shall ring with virtue, words unknown. I shall ring with him on high. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing Keeps me singing as I go I love that uh, third verse at the end of it. It's talking about trials that we go through and sometimes some rough patches. But when I look, I see his footprints because he's leading the way. He's taking care of them. Sometimes, for those of you who do or want certain hymns to be sung, you like them. If you'll pass me a note or something, I'll try and slip them in there. Uh, this is one that Carol gave me a list that she wanted. So this is Redeemed. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. <clears throat> Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of Him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent, His love is the theme of my song. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, His child and forever I am. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose love I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and gives me my songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am.
I love scripture songs because they help me memorize Bible verses. Something about music helps you keep it in your mind and your heart. And they're kind of fun to sing instead of just, I find myself, if, if I want to quote a Bible verse, sometimes I'll just start singing the song because <laughs> it's easier to do that than just remember it by words. But this is a great one, 1 John 1, 7 and 9. It's a great promise for us as Christians. If we walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ, the blood of his son cleanses from all our sins. Reminds us if we say we have no sin, we're just kidding ourselves. But... If we confess, if we agree with God, yes, I'm a sinner, I'm sorry, please forgive me. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Um, if you've ever seen the color crimson, just as bright red as you can possibly imagine, and it doesn't seem like anything could hide that color, but Jesus promised that if we ask him, he will forgive those sins, and he describes it as washing a crimson stain as white as snow. Say, thy strength indeed is small, 
child of weak, this watch and pray, finding me thine all in love. Jesus, pay the my Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find Thy power and Thine alone Can change the leper's spots And melt the heart of stone Jesus paid it all All to my own Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I, whereby Thy grace to claim. I to my own Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow And when before the throne I stand incomplete Jesus died my soul to save My lips just to repeat Jesus paid it all, all to my own. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. One more before. Steve comes up to share from God's Word. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of hosts, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We will worship Him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe. All praise to Him we give. Hallelujah to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. 
to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. Amen. I have the privilege of reading our Bible passage this morning, so if you take a Bible, if you brought one with you, or one perhaps in front of you in the pew, or if you just want to hear the Word of God, we're going to be reading from the book of Luke, the 12th chapter, uh, verses 22 to 34. <clears throat> the uh, uninspired heading of our passage says, Do not worry. <laughs> That's what these verses are about. Luke 12, 22 to 34. Then Jesus says to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the lilies grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give them to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Pray with me. Where our treasure is, where our heart will be also. Father, it's so easy because we live in a world that is governed by our senses. We see, we hear, we feel, we taste. And that's the way you made us. We're human beings. It's an amazing world that you've put us in. But you want us to own a few things here to enjoy this part of the life uh, 
but not to have it own us. To recognize that everything we have comes from you and to hold it with open hands, not with clenched fists. Help us to see that we're spending a few years here and for eternity with you and to worry about putting up a lot of stuff in heaven and not as much here. We would recognize that the things we do in this life will count in eternity and we should seek to live that way to prosper your kingdom here and our treasure there. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Glad to see each one of you here this morning. This Lord's Day, indeed, God wants us together. We need him, we need one another, we need his truth. I was, I was thinking of, of um, gladness. In another four or four weeks, I'll be talking about this subject a little bit. But we go through life, and there's always different things that can make us sad, you know, can get us upset, whatever. And, and I was thinking about our singing. Uh, you know, there's w- one thing about singing is that God wants to use it to give us glad hearts. And not that every song is like that, but we need that. We really need singing. We need music. It is not something optional, John, just for people who know how to sing. That one first song, um, um, he keeps me singing as I go. Jesus, Jesus, sweetest name I know. The second song says, redeemed and so happy in Jesus. And so it's important. It really is. I, I, would, I would encourage you to hang on to these um, and through the week uh, use them to sing. I really mean that. Don't just toss it in the wastebasket when you go home, but hang on to these. And then you can flip through, you know, you might find something from July. Oh, yeah, I like that song. Now, my problem sometimes, and maybe yours is too, is that I don't always remember the music. I'm fortunate I have a wife who knows most all the songs pretty good, so I can ask her. But, but I still suggest that. I, I really mean that because we can get quite sad and overly sad. And I'm not saying there's not times to be sad. I, there are. But sometimes there's a sadness that we shouldn't have. And God wants to put gladness in our heart through music. So just take that to heart and, and be singing. I'm, I'm not the kind that I, I know on myself I need to sing more. Uh, I, again, I'm blessed with my wife. Sometimes I'm in the house and she's singing. And of course, she sings pretty good. So I, I'm encouraged. I hear her singing. I'm blessed to have that. But we are here because we want to talk about the truth. Uh, unlike any time, I, I keep saying that basically the same thing over the weeks and months. But unlike any time in history, truth is, as one Old Testament verse says, it's being trampled in the street. And it's just hard to find truth, I mean, out there, uh, whether you're watching the news or whether it's in, you know, government or schools or whatever. And we need truth. And the kind of truth we need, because we can talk about, well, I really want to hear political truth. Well, that's, that's all right. That, that, that can be good. And that can be helpful. But most importantly, as Christians, we need to know biblical truth. 
and we really need this truth. This is what we need to hang on to. This is what will help us and encourage us and help us to have glad hearts. We are on a theme of rewards. This is our last Sunday on this and taken a few weeks because it's a subject that many of us don't know much about. There is some repetition uh, I'm sharing here because we need that. We need to make sure we understand it. But we're on this subject of how God rewards believers in heaven for how they served him on earth. And it's important that we do this, and God wants us to do that, do this, because he wants us to see that how we serve him on this earth can have a huge, great impact in the future, in the ages to come. First, I want to do is review of a few important points, 12 to be exact. Um, first, when a person's saved, then God gives that person hope. And this hope summed up, I'll give you just a few points here, the few main ones, is that we'll be in heaven, and we'll be with Jesus, we'll be with other believers, we'll be in a brand new glorified body, and we'll have a great inheritance. And all these things I'm talking about, the five things I just mentioned, are guaranteed for every single Christian, no matter who they are, no matter how they live their life. Basic truths about their hope. Secondly, the Christian who faithfully serves the Lord while he's on this earth will be rewarded. And these rewards are in addition, are in addition to the basic blessings I just mentioned, like being in heaven, being the Jesus. That is, everyone will be blessed in heaven, but some will be blessed more than others. And, and these additional blessings are what I'm calling rewards, what the Bible calls rewards. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, Each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You can't get around it. The subject is so crystal clear that God's going to reward people individually, personally. Third, all the blessings we receive from God, whether it's this life or in the future, are because of his grace. We're saved by grace because of our faith in the work of Christ, and we're rewarded by grace because of our work of faith for Christ. Next, every Christian is unique. You all know this, but we need to keep repeating it. Don't ever compare yourself to somebody else, whether it, whether it relates to color or sex or race, whether it relates to their talents or abilities, whether it relates to their background, their experiences, their position in life, their social status. Just don't do it. Be thankful for who you are, that you're unique, that you're special. No one else like you in the whole history of this world, on this whole planet at this time. And God then has given each one of you special talents and gifts, abilities, and the time that you need to do the things he wants you to do. Fifth, God doesn't reward the outcomes, the results of how you live your life. He rewards effort. He rewards faith. He rewards motives, your faithfulness. That's what's important to understand. It's, it's not the results. And as 1 Corinthians chapter 4 says very clearly, None of us here, we don't know somebody else's motives. We can't even figure out our own motives sometimes. We have to wait until the day of Christ, and Christ will come back, then he'll judge accordingly. It does say in Second Timothy, one example here, the hardworking farmer. Hardworking relates to heart. It relates to effort. It relates to motives. This next one's important. The race you run is not a race against others. We think about life, and there's all these sports out there, and there's all this competition. This person's you know, racing against another, competing against another, this team. We all understand that. This race is your own personal race. It's your own personal race. It's the race that God gives you. 
and you're to run it for him. I think of Paul when he said in 2 Timothy 4, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. That is, I finished the course that God gave me. I finished the course that God gave me, and I've kept the faith. Next, there's a direct connection between what you do in this life and in the next life. We read Matthew chapter 25, and there's the person. He had these talents, five talents, and God says, Here, you're going to have this, this job to do in the next, next age. I, Luke chapter 19, I think it's 19, says the same type of thing, that there are rewards we get in this life for how we serve the Lord, and this life relate then to how we will serve the Lord in the next life. And that's something. That's something. This, this life has meaning. It has purpose. This next point. Every Christian, no matter how they serve the Lord, no matter how good they do or how bad they do as a Christian, no matter how many failings, how many successes, how many sins, will be fully satisfied in heaven. Please understand this. Everyone's glass, as I say, will be filled. Everyone will be filled up with love and joy and peace and goodness. Everyone will be filled up with, 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 with the love of God. Everyone, too, then will be ones who have this eternal purpose. Next, God. We talked about this last week, and I'm not going to do any review here, but just to say the words. God gives us several words that also describe these rewards. There's the word crown, the word prize, the word recompense, the word treasure, and the word blessing. And so all these different words, and these words have different nuances, different shades of meaning that relate to the fact God's going to reward us, okay? And so even today, as Steve read in Luke chapter 12, there's treasures, treasures. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Another way to say, store up for yourself rewards in heaven. Next is truth about rewards. Gives meaning and value to every day of your life and to everything you do in life. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal. It it's, it's, should be a, a life-changing truth. Every day, this day, this 16th day of October, tomorrow the 17th, this whole week's got meaning and value because God wants to use your life for his purposes and glory, and then he'll reward you besides. That's, that's what we're saying. Colossians 3, which we've read before. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance. Three things there. Whatever you do. Whatever you do, that's pretty broad, isn't it? Whatever you do today, and you're going to be doing a lot of things. You're not just sitting around all day watching TV. I don't think. There's, whatever you do, there's lots of different things you can do today for the Lord. He says, secondly, do your work heartily. Do it heartily. And the third thing he says is that from the Lord, you receive the reward. Three things. Whatever you do, work hard, you get a reward. That's, that's real simple. Whatever you do, whether it's making a meal or doing the dishes or saying a prayer or sharing the gospel, God then wants to reward you. If it's done with the right heart, if it's done with the right motives, if it's done then for the glory of God. Next, God gives rewards to motivate you. People who run a race are motivated because they have the satisfaction of doing the best they can. So too, God doesn't just want you to Finish the race he's given to you. He wants you to do the best you can to run this race he's given you. Run it to win, to win the prize. First Corinthians 9, 24 or 5, someplace there, says, Run in such a way that you may win. Run this race as God's given you 
so that you may win. And me, winning the prize means you've run hard for God, that he is pleased then with your, your, your race for him. Hebrews 12, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This race, three things again in this one. This race that is set before you, God gives you the race. It's your own race. God gives you the race. He wants you to run. And you're to run. And you're to run with endurance. And sometimes that endurance is the hard part. And winning the prize then gives glory to God. It's not just, it's, we're not talking about, oh, there's rewards for me. No. Running the race for God means you're running it for God and for his glory because you want him to be glorified. Some people say, well, I don't care about rewards. You should care about rewards because it relates to the glory of God. So don't ever say that. Oh, I don't care. I don't want any rewards. You want rewards because it means you love God and you're serving him. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Finally, God will reward you when Christ comes back on the day of Christ. Revelation twenty two twelve says it simply, Behold, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. So all the people who have lived for all the last thousands of years, four or five thousand, whatever, going back to Abraham and Moses, they're all going to be rewarded at the same time. It just so happens that because the day of Christ, the coming of Christ is relatively soon, I believe sometime in this century, that it won't be long before we get the rewards that God wants to give us for serving him. Next, I'm going to go several examples from God's word. This is instructive. I've got 22 here. There's probably a few more I missed. Several examples from God's word about how you are rewarded. And you're going to find some are very general, some are very specific. First one, Psalm 1911 says there's a great reward for keeping God's word, for obeying him. That's pretty simple. But that's what it says there in Psalm 19. There's a great reward for keeping God's word. So there's a lot of commands in God's word. You obey them, and God will reward you. Next, Proverbs 11:18 says that sowing righteousness results in being rewarded, being righteous, being holy. Third, Proverbs 22:4 says that being humble results in rewards. Speaks specifically then of riches and honor in life. So the first three you see relate to character heart, Christian life, right? Obedience, righteousness, and humility. They're foundational then to receiving rewards. Fourth, Matthew 5, 12 says you'll be greatly rewarded for being persecuted. And it says greatly rewarded. Some verses say just rewarded. Some say greatly. This is one that says greatly rewarded for being persecuted. Matthew 6, 4 says that giving financially to the Lord results in rewards. Matthew 6, 6 says that praying to the Lord results in rewards. Matthew 6, 18 says that fasting for the Lord results in more. So there you have three different spiritual, we might say, quote, spiritual. That's spiritual to pray, to fast, to, to give. But the thing I'm saying here, too, is that all that we should do should be that which is spiritual. That is, whatever you do, whether it's doing the dishes or whatever, should be that which is spiritual because you're doing it for the Lord. Matthew 10, 43 says that giving a cup of cold water to a little child results in a reward. On one hand, that's very specific. And I can't help but think a lot of you have given water to a little child, you know, baby, whatever, food. And so the idea is, man, just, what this does, though, it, you broaden it out, and it shows that even the least little thing that you do is important. Now, now this one verse, let's, let's say for mothers, we have this little baby, and they're sort of tired, and all day long, this baby, and he's crying, and he's hungry, and they may think, what am I getting done here? Because they look at the world, and, oh, you've got to be out there working someplace as a mother. 
This gives a lot of value to mothers taking care of their children. Next, Matthew 19, 27 to 29 says, those who follow the Lord and sacrifice their life for the Lord will be rewarded. Followers of Christ, diligently following him. Luke 6, 35 says you'll be greatly rewarded for loving your enemies. And this helps because there's enemies out there. Some people have more enemies than others. And, and, and it just helps. Man, I'd be rewarded for loving them. Not getting mad or just not seething in, 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 in silence, but, but loving them and, and, and giving to them. Luke 12, 33 says that giving to those in need will result in rewards. There's needy people out there. And oftentimes God will run you into people who have needs because he wants you to be the giver. And God will reward you. Luke 16, 9 says that using your money for God's purposes will result in rewards. Well, I understand money is physical. Well, I mean, they may go to some kind of, I don't know, other currency or whatever, but we see money. We can hold money, and we use money for physical things. I want to buy this with this money, whether it's food or groceries or you know, groceries or clothes, whatever. You want to buy something that you can see. The point to see here, it's so simple, is that God wants you to use your money for spiritual purposes, eternal purposes. I mean, it's, 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 it's really wonderful. And so think that way. How can I use my money for the purpose of God, whether it's given to this church or in some other way? And there's different missions out there uh, that you can give to, but there's, there's many things there. But I want you to turn to Luke 16, 9. And, and they're just, it's very encouraging what it says here. And it, it relates, it doesn't say rewards per se, but I, I believe that's what he's getting at here. He, the parable is about this guy that he's an unrighteous person and things, but then he wises up in one hand and he uses this wealth that he has and, and, and you know, makes a deal to make friends. But, but here's, here's the, the truth, the punchline, so to speak. Verse 9, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteous righteousness so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal dwellings. So he's speaking about Money that can be considered as unrighteous. Oh, money, what's that you know, for? It can be used for God's purposes. And, and look what it says here. Make friends. You can make friends in heaven by means of giving money for God's purposes. So I, I really think that. I, I think sometimes we give to spiritual causes or to missions and things. And you, and you all, as you tithe, give money to missions. But I'd also say this, and we've said this before in terms of the missions, whether it's in Israel or Honduras, um, Israel, Honduras, Italy, you can give to them separate. You can go online and find TMAI or, you know, Zion's Hope. You can give to them separate apart from here. You should do it. If you want the address, I'll give it to you, but you can probably find the address yourself. Got a little extra money, you know, ten dollars, twenty. Just do it. It's it's a way then, and and I believe then that you'll have friends in heaven that you did not know on earth. Man, you gave to that cause, to that purpose, and hey, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. Maybe their little abode, their little place. John chapter fourteen. Continue Luke nineteen says that you're rewarded for being faithful in a very little thing. Again, this goes along with other things we've said before. 
1 Corinthians 3, 8, 9 says that laboring for God, working for him, results in rewards. Serving the Lord is work. It's not easy. It's, it can be tiring and, and wear you out, but it re- results in eternal rewards. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 says that doing good will result in being rewarded. Again, we see the generality of those, these truths. And Colossians 3, as we said, whatever you do for the Lord will be rewarded. And that, that opens up this area like no other verse. 2 Timothy 4.8 says that if you love Christ appearing, you'll receive the crown of life. Hebrews 10.35 says having great confidence, having great faith results in rewards. Hebrews 11.6 says having faith and seeking the Lord results in rewards. Well, that's, a, that's an encouraging one. Seeking the Lord, having this close relationship with God will be rewarded in an eternal way. It's not just for the present. 1 Peter 5, Hebrews 11. 24, 26, says that suffering and sacrifice result in being rewarded. Both suffering and sacrifice. 1 Peter 5 says elders who are good examples to the church will receive the crown of glory. And finally, Revelation 2.10 says that being faithful to death results in being rewarded. That, that's very practical. I really believe that one of the harder things in life is, is as a person gets physically older, and being faithful physically, spiritually to the end. Because, you know, you're not feeling good typically. And so that's a good one. Faithful to death results and reward. So, so the above verses get all these ways and examples of how you can be rewarded. As I said before, some are very specific and some are very general. But the main point is that God will reward you for whatever you do for him. So don't forget that. That's, that's, that's the whole theme. Every single day of your life... And every single thing you do for God has eternal value, eternal importance, and results in eternal rewards. So always remember this. Every single day of your life and everything you do for God on those days has eternal value and importance, results in rewards. So one more thing. One more thing. Take the rest of the message on this point here. Your primary reward, your foundational reward, is the Lord Jesus himself. This is an overriding, important truth. Essentially, ultimately, your reward is the Lord. Your primary reward, then, isn't so much what, but who. All this time, oh, I'm going to get things. That's not the main point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe he will. It's not what but who. It's Jesus who loves you so much, seeing that he died for you, rose again from the grave to save you from sin and death, and then forever. Because of that, and because of what God's done for you, working in your heart through his spirit, and what Jesus did on the cross, and raised, being raised from the dead, then therefore the Lord is, is, is your savior, and, and he is your friend. Uh, he's, he's your life. He's everything that you'll need. He's everything that you'll ever want. A couple verses on this. Many verses we're going to look at here, but Psalm 1957 says, The Lord is my portion. And, and so the point is simple. If, if you have the Lord, you don't need anything or anyone else. You got all you need. The Lord is my portion. Or as Paul said, Philippians 121 says, To live is Christ. Christ. What else do I need? 
That's it. Seems simplistic, but it is simplistic, and it's true, and it's right, and God wants to understand this and have this true in our own heart and life. Reward then is the Lord, which means knowing him, knowing his love, and having this eternal relationship with him. John 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What's eternal life defined as? As a relationship with God the Father and Jesus his Son. This definition of eternal life is knowing God and Jesus, having this relationship then that lasts forever. Now, this is real living, real, real, real living, abundant life. And so yeah, I just mentioned a few examples in the Bible of people. You think of, of Enoch, and he displayed this. Enoch, it says, walked with God. I'm sure that he, he just loved walking with God, and he did that. Abraham, it says, he was a friend of God. We read about uh, David, and it says, he beheld the Lord's beauty. That's Psalm 27. We think of Mary in Luke chapter 10, how she sat at his feet. All these examples, and there's sure others, of, of people who had a close relationship with the Lord. And that means this life, and of course it means the next life as well. Now the disciples had forsaken many things. We're following Jesus. And this is in Matthew or Mark 10. And so anyway, here's Peter comes up to Jesus. Hey, we've done all this for you. You know, what do we get for our faithfulness? And this is what Jesus said. He says, I say to you that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, the age to come, eternal life. A couple weeks from now, I'll be in Omaha, Nebraska, seeing some of my family. I have three siblings there and aunt, other friends I want to see. And, and I, I like to see my family. But I'll have to say that, you know, being a Christian now for 50 years is that this verse is true. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers. <laughs> I mean, we're all friends here, right? We're all family here. And, and up in Maryland when I was there, and up in Ames when I was there, man, I had all these friends, and I still have really hundreds. It, it's, it's a joy to be a Christian, to serve him, and it's blessed. And so, um, um, so I, I miss my family. But not, well, I've got to watch what I say here. <laughs> I miss my family, but I will say I really love this family, my spiritual family, okay? Let me just say it that way. And so what Jesus is saying is that you'll be greatly blessed in this life. But in the next life, remember what he just said there? In the next age, what do you get? Eternal life. That's an interesting way to say it. Is that all he says? He had nothing more to say about the next age, eternal life? But that's the main point, that the reward, your reward is the Lord. That's it. That's, that's the whole point here. And having a relationship with him that lasts forever and ever and ever. And so your reward's the Lord. As a Christian, you now know the Lord. You talk to him. You walk with him. Hopefully you do. And every day. And, and, and what God would want is your relationship with him to be growing and growing and growing during this life, right? And the next life, what's going to happen? You'll have a, a perfect, most excellent relationship with Jesus, with God the Father. Perfect. I mean, this is, this is and that's, it. that's the sum of it. I, I'm trying to stress this here. All these things we talked about rewards the last couple of weeks, very important. But this is the heart and the soul of it right here. And so when you think about rewards... It's not so much about what you'll be getting, but who you'll be seeing and who you'll be spending time with. Jesus says, or Job says, rather, in my flesh, I will see God. 
I myself will see him with my own eyes. How my heart yearns within me. Here's Job. He's suffering. He says, man, what I really want is to be with the Lord. What I really want is to see him. That's what I really, really want. Paul was teaching about Christ coming in the rapture, and he says that the believers will meet the Lord in the air. Then he adds, and so you shall always be with him. Can't miss what's being said. The life is centered on your relationship with the Lord and being with him. 1 Thessalonians 5, that verse was 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 has a similar thought. He says, Paul says, whether we wake or sleep, we will live together with him. So he says in chapter 4, we're going to be with him. In chapter 5, he says, we're going to live together with him. Y'all understand living in a house with somebody, right? You understand the truth about relationships, having somebody there you can be with. And one of the hard things for people when they have a loved one die, let's say it's a spouse that dies, that relationship's gone. It's not just a matter of one person. It's a relationship. I mean, so you think about going back to your house. So there's a relationship there. You talk to somebody. You enjoy the fellowship, the company. And that's what we're talking about. In the future, then, we'll live together with Jesus. That's what is going to happen. Jesus was talking to his disciples. This is John chapter 14, and he could tell that they're sad. And you know why they were sad? John 14, John 15, they were getting the idea of what? What were they getting the idea? What was Jesus telling them? Hey, I'm, I'm leaving you guys. And, and the most important thing they had in their life was Jesus. There's a relationship with him. That's what it was. And for him to say, I, I'm leaving, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. So, but this is what he said. John 14, you know the verses. My father's house are many dwelling places. If I go and I go and prepare a place for you, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. In the future, he says, we'll be together. Be together. In a place. In a house. That's what he says. David said, in fact, let's turn here. Turn to Psalm, Psalm 73. Said so this, this, this theme about your relationship with the Lord, the, the Lord being your reward, is, is a very, very dominant one. Uh, you just can't miss it in the Bible. Psalm 73, verse 23 to 26. Psalm 73, 23. Jesus, the writer says, Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. There's that relationship. Now, here he's talking about he's on earth, and so... You know, the writer's speaking, spiritually speaking, I'm with you. I have this relationship with you. I'm always with you. Then it goes on to say, you've taken hold of my right hand. Again, if somebody takes hold of your hand, that means you're with them, right? You've taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me. There's the Lord with you. He is guiding you. And afterwards, you receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And he understood that he, he would be with the Lord here in this life, spiritually seeking, but physically with the Lord forever. The last verse, instructive. Well, well let's read verse 27 too. For behold, those who are far from me will perish. You've destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. Unbelievers, the unrighteous, those who reject God, reject Christ, will perish, will be destroyed. 
And so please understand that. Sometimes we look at other people, and that's part of the theme of this whole chapter here is, is the writer, psalmist, who was thinking about others and how good they had it, and the rich people, you know, and man, they have no problems, no pains, no worry. They're going along, and don't do that. Don't compare, because we read this 27. But then, verse 28, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. And so we can take that literally, in a spiritual sense now, the nearness of God is my good, and and literally in the future, when we're with, actually with Jesus, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all your works. This verse here. Well, know this point. What's most important then about the present and really then about the future is that you'll always be with the Lord. And, and this, this should be... A constant in your thinking, in your mind, an anchor to your soul, so to speak. I'm always with the Lord. And oftentimes we can be afraid about something or someone and have no need. The Lord is with us. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. One of the I say better verses on heaven. Verses 22 to 24, Hebrews 12, says, And so, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, the great general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous, made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. It says when you go to heaven, it says you're going to a place. Heaven is a place, the heavenly Jerusalem. But what you see very clearly from this verse, it doesn't focus on the fact that it's a place, does it? It doesn't do that. Not here, other places it does, but it doesn't here. It talks about angels are going to be there. It talks about Old Testament saints are going to be there, the general assembly. It talks about how the church is going to be there. It talks most importantly about how Jesus Christ and God the Father are going to be there. And so your primary reward then is being in heaven, in the presence of God, because we can't see God, never see God, here or in heaven. Your primary reward then is it being in the presence of God and literally being with Jesus Christ and seeing their awesome glory and knowing their eternal love for you. And so when Jesus comes back, he'll take you to heaven, your heavenly home. But heaven, again, is, this, is much more than a place. So understand that. I'm going to heaven to a place. Yes, the focus of heaven is on the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it is, and being with him. You think about going to somebody's house to visit somebody. You've all done this. Go visit somebody, and it's not about, hey, they really got a nice house. I really like their nice yard, or they got a comfortable house, or I like that couch, or I like the food. That's not the point, is it? When you go visit somebody, it's not about the place. It's about the person. That's what it is. And it's talking, it's sharing, it's loving, it's laughing, it's crying together. And so, too, what we're talking about here, your future is principally, principally and primarily the Lord. That's what it is. And knowing his love and learning from him and having this close relationship with him. So, see, I want you to get this in your heart and mind. It relates to now and it relates to forever. You know the verse, Psalm 23, 6. Same truth. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your, your future then is summed up as being forever in the house of the Lord. 
That's, that's what it is, which means being with the Lord, right? And having this most excellent relationship with him. In fact, a perfect relationship. So another verse. Turn to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. In verses 3 and 10. Let's start, let's start in verse 1. I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven, the first earth had passed away. And this is after the millennial kingdom is over the thousand years from chapter 20. There's no longer any sea, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he who will dwell among them, they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. So it's, it's, it's the truth here, verse of 2 and 3, is the holy city, this new Jerusalem, which is described in verses later on in this chapter, this new city, this holy Jerusalem is coming down out of heaven. And it says, verse 3, Behold, the tabernacle of God, the city of God, is among men, and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. It's amazing truth. God coming down to live with us? See, again, the reward, the reward is not just that we will be with God, but that he will be with us. He wants to be with us. God loves us and really desires to be with us. He desires to be with all believers, so much so. That what this verse here says, verses 2 and 3, is that the holy city is going to come down. Verse 10. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Again, repeats it. Then you go on the following verses and it describes this city. And it's about, I think, about 1,475 miles on a side. It's a perfect cube of this city. That's what it is. That's what it says in these verses here. And that will be our house. That will be our home. It says you'll dwell in the house of the Lord. That's it. Okay. But, but the point is, is, you have this, I don't know why a cube, but that's what God had. He had this perfect cube. Again, it's huge. I mean, 1,478 miles, I think, is about from here up to Maine or so. And then you go clear across up some place up in Canada and come back down. Then you go up. And that's a long ways to go up, 14. So it's, a, it's pretty big. Um, and it, it's sitting on top of this new earth. You have this new city. But, but the point is, and this is what's amazing, is, is he says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He will dwell among them. They shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And the thing is that, that God wants to be with us. The Lord wants to be with us, and we will be with him. That's, that's what's going to happen. So this holy city, this new Jerusalem, will be our eternal home. This is what's going to happen. This is what Jesus talking about in John chapter 14. I go prepare a place for you. And there we'll live with Jesus and experience eternal life, which is eternal love, eternal love, eternal joy, eternal peace, eternal goodness, eternal pleasures, and eternal life. That, that, that's, that's it. It's, it's wonderful. Psalm 1611 says this way, In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Your presence will be in his presence and so since we'll have a brand new glorified body, then we'll be able to fully experience the love of God 
and all then that he has planned for us. So we've talked about rewards and crowns. What does it all mean in a physical nature? Not sure. Talk about that some. Talk about amazing, innumerable treasures and inheritance beyond belief. We talked about how you're going to be in the house of the Lord. All this is rewards from the Lord. But most importantly, all we're saying here is this, is that, that, that your primary reward is being with the Lord Jesus. That is what it is. It's being with him, knowing him, knowing his love, enjoying him, and forever and ever. So Jesus loves you much more than you could ever, ever imagine. When he prayed to his father, this is John chapter 17. He expressed his love for his people by desiring them to be with them. That was it. It says there, verse 24, Father, I desire that they whom you have given me be with me where I am. Again, the same thing. Same thing. And so that they may see my glory, which you have given me. Be with me to see my glory. I, I, I can't. I, I, I feel bad that I can't do justice this message, because I really can't express what it all means. But I know that the truth is we're talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ himself being the single most important thing in your life now and forever, okay? And it's only going to get better and better and better. I will just sum up a couple of verses here, Philippians 3.10, what Paul said, I want to know Christ. I want this relationship with Jesus Christ more than any, anything else in life. This is what I want. If you can't say that, you've got some sin in your heart you've got to confess, okay? There's something not clicking in your heart, your spirit. But that's what you want to say. I want to know Jesus Christ. This is what I want. And if you're not, as you go through life being satisfied by the Lord, something else isn't clicking. You're looking at other things. You're trusting other things in this world or other people. And God, what he does is he takes you through life, and, and, and with trials as well, he uses trials for this reason, is to get you closer to himself. Okay? So just remember that. This is it. It's between you and the Lord. I can't, it's, no, I can't do anything for you there. I can tell you about it. Seek him, pursue him, and say, God, reveal yourself to me. But this, it's, it's so important, you and the Lord. Just a couple verses. Go back to Psalm 11. This is David. And, of course, we know David had a very close relationship with the Lord. We see that as you read his psalms. There's so many. Psalm 11, verse 7. It's, it's, it's a chapter about, man, there's problems in this world. Things are difficult. Things are hard. He says, verse 3, the foundations are being destroyed. What can the righteous do? And that's obvious. You see what's going on in our country, the world. The foundations are being destroyed. You know that. If you have your eyes open just a little bit, you say, yeah, this, they're being destroyed. Okay, it's happened before. It's happening now. Last verse, the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. That's what's important. That's what's important. Then you go to chapter 17, verse 5. 17, verse 15. It says, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I'll be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. Satisfaction, real joy, real peace, all these things that 
you really want deep in your heart come from knowing the Lord. That's where it's at. So make sure. You say, God, help me. And again, it's the growing thing. It's a process of growing in your relationship with the Lord. That's, that's what's, what's happening here. I'm going to mention a couple things before we pray. And I'll pray. Um, Bruce and Bruce's mom, I think you've all heard, is, is not doing good. I got an email from him last night. He said something like maybe it's just a few days to live. So I don't know if that means next two days or five days or this week. So he's been there a lot this past week. Is there again all day today. So pray for him and Carol in a difficult time. She's in her mid-80s. She's got dementia. It's hard to communicate, but that just, just pray. Um, Myrna's had uh, a rough week. She's in the hospital, and I talked to her this morning. She got out yesterday, but she's not still doing good. Um, part of the problem, I'll just say real quickly, is she, she, um, she, her work time is one of the busiest of the year. And so they want her to go to rehab, but she says, I've got to go to work. I've got to go to work. So the specific prayer that I talked this morning, her boss is in a plane flying to Tennessee for her wedding or something like that. She has to talk to her about boss see if she can work remotely from home because this work has got to get done, and the boss really wants her to get it done. So just pray, but she's just still not feeling so good. She doesn't know if their pneumonia is still just really, really wearing her out. So pray for her that regard to it. Also then, Barb told me, I believe it's her brother-in-law who's in Texas. Her sister's husband had a massive heart attack yesterday, this morning, and she said it's not going to make it. So we need to pray for her. Sister, what's his sister's name? What's your sister's name, Barbara? Katie? Okay, so Barbara's younger sister, Katie, his husband just had a massive heart attack, so we pray for him. But let's pray. Father, we, th- we thank you for this time. We bless you for just looking at your truth about the future. We live in the present, but yet how we live in the present affects our future. And we just thank you for these truths, God. You love us so much, and you want to bless us so much, and you are going to bless us, and you are blessing us, and you will bless us. And as we concluded this time today, our number one blessing is you. Everything else really stems from that, relates to that, is an outflow of that. But we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we know you. And I would just pray for each of us that we would grow in our relationship with you and with the Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, even as it says in Second Corinthians Thirteen, have fellowship with the Spirit. Our relationship is with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But I ask you that I ask you this, Father, help us because we can be so distracted, we can get so off base, we can get so much thinking about this or the world or the temptations can affect us, Lord, and we must understand that 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 knowing you is where it's at. That's where full satisfaction, that's where full joy is at, is having that relationship with you. If we can just be like Enoch who walked with you so much so that you wanted to bring him home a few hundred years early and help us to walk with you. This is the Christian life, is walking with you day after day. Thank you again, Lord, for the rewards. Thank you for the future, what you're going to give us. But most of all, we thank you that we know you now and that you are always with us. Nevertheless, you said, I am continually with you. We thank you for that. Thank you for, for Myrna here, Lord. I just pray you give her your grace. I could tell that things were difficult this morning on the phone. And just not feeling good, also feeling the pressure of having to get things done at work. I just pray for her, Lord, you'd help her to get better. We ask you for that. And, and I just want to pray, too, for Bruce and Carol, uh, particularly for Bruce here, Lord, just his mother, um, who's not going to make it too much longer, what he says. 
Uh, I don't know all that Bruce is thinking. I just know when I talked to him the other day, I said, how you doing, Bruce? He says, I'm in shock, which, of course, is understandable. But I just pray you'd help him to process, to trust you, give me your grace and peace, and give this to Carol, too, Lord, and Bruce's sister. I believe there's a brother, too, but all of them, Father, we, we commit all this to you. And pray, too, for Katie, um, uh, Katie's Husband, Lord, who had this severe, massive heart attack, is not going to make it. That's the word we heard. We pray, Father, that, that, that you would just give grace there. I don't know if he knows you has a relationship, but I just pray for that as well, that you would just speak to his heart. But do pray for Katie, Lord. This is a tough time. A sudden thing, Lord, he's 72. He's younger, so to speak. And just pray that you would just give grace because, again, it wasn't expected. But thank you again for this time here. Thank you for this church. Different ones here have different ailments, different things going on, different trials, and all this, Lord, our desires to, to love you, to please you, to serve you. We read all these different ways of serving you today, whether it's, whether it's giving to those in need, Lord, or giving water to a little child, or, or, or praying, or fasting, or giving, Lord. So many ways we can serve you, sacrificing our life for you, seeking you, all these things, Father. We just thank you so much for your word, for your truth. I just pray you'd help us. Indeed, we live in a, a world and a country where the foundations are, 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 are crumbling around us. But, Lord, thank you that you're our foundation, that we can trust you and hold on to you and, and, and have your word. It, it is so critically important, knowing that the reason the world is crumbling is because people have forsaken you in a massive way, a massive way. But, Lord, we thank you that you're sovereign. We trust you. We trust you to lead and guide and, 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 and help us to serve you, Lord. Pray for this country. Pray for the leaders in this country, Lord, that you would work through them. A leader, thank you for the leader in our state. A governor, Lord, and others, we bless you for that. But, but, again, we commit all this to you. Help us then to stay on the wall, to keep doing the work we're supposed to do, which is to be ones who are to be lights, to be making disciples, to be sharing the gospel, Lord, to be using our spiritual gift for the work that you want us to do. But thank you again now for this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I right, said so one thing before Giovanni comes up, announcements, is we have in our barbecue, I think it's the second Saturday of November. I can't remember what day. Is it the 11th, I think? 12th? Okay. The one thing, Bruce mentions, but I want to just sort of explain a little more. We're going to, a couple things different here is, is we're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers instead of chicken, okay? And I, I like that. I like hot dogs and hamburgers. Hope you do too. That's the, the one thing on the menu item. But the second thing on the gifts, we, we, we thought, and the idea that I had was, you know, the economy is sort of hurting. People are sort of hurting financially. So let's just make the gifts sort of related to money, okay? So gift cards, whether it's, it's a, a grocery store like Publix, uh, whether it's Target or Walmart or uh, whether it's a, a gas station, uh, whether it's a restaurant uh, or if you want to, you know, just cash. Well, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have all these different things there. And we're going to be doing a number of these as a church, but I, we also wanted to say if you as an individual want to contribute one, fine. And just give it to, you know, myself or Giovanni, uh, Bruce, and we'll give it out that day. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that time. It's a, it's a great time to be together. It's a great time to um, I just encourage one another and be blessed. And one more thing I want to say is next week is the third anniversary for Bethel, and they're having a big celebration uh, Sunday afternoon. I think it starts after their service, probably around 2.30, but they invite anyone here that wants to go. So if you want to go, hang out, that's great. So that's next Sunday. 
again, uh, they've been a very much of an encouragement to us and really pleased to be with, with Rafael and Rubier and Jorge and others and been a joy. In fact, this Tuesday night for our leaders meeting, it's going to be a joint leaders meeting, our elders and, and them with us. So that's it. Thanks. morning. Uh, upcoming events is October 19, Bible study, uh, 645, I hear the church. Uh, um, Steve is going to be sharing on John 15. If you are available, uh, you're welcome to come. October 23rd, we have our um, monthly Matthew meal. That is after the service. That's a great time to uh, not only to eat, but to fellowship and just share one another and learn from one another. That's an awesome time. Uh, November the 12th, like Steve mentioned a little bit, uh, we have the uh, church barbecue. That will be at 5 p.m. Uh, everybody is welcome, and also you are welcome to invite your friends, neighbors, just anybody. Uh, we're going to have a great time, and the gospel will be shared. Uh, now we have the last two songs in our offering. Uh, you're welcome to give online. If not, we have a, a box in the back table. Uh, you can deposit your offerings there. Thank you. Have an awesome week. invite you to stand with us for our last two songs. First one's taken from Psalm 118. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of people in this world right now are angry. They're uh, worried. There's a lot of things going on. If you go into a lot of households in our country, they're probably not exactly excited and uh, happy or having joy, but it says that Psalm 8, 118, the sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. We don't live in tents, but uh, when people come into our homes, they ought to know that we're excited about Jesus Christ and uh, maybe doing some shouting. We're going to do some singing right now. Sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord, right hand of the Lord, right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die but live and tell all the works of the Lord. I shall not die but live and tell the works of the Lord. Sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. Right hand of the Lord, right hand of the Lord, right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die but live and tell the works of the Lord. 
I shall not die but live and tell of the works of the Lord. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. clapping going there all right (laughs) our final song is uh steve's been saying our greatest reward um is that one day we'll be with jesus and we can live forever with him and uh this world right now is just practice for that so each of us is trying to learn how to walk step by step with jesus and let him Guide us and to follow him all the days of our lives. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God. You are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning. I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. And And step by step you'll lead me. And I will follow you all of my days. Oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning. I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. And step by step you'll lead me. And I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. And step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my days benediction the last verse last two verses Psalm 62 power belongs to God and loving kindness is yours O Lord for you reward a man according to all his deeds Amen Amen Thank you.